Welcome back to the fundmonitors.com Manager Insight Series. Uh, I'm joined today by Robert Gregory. Robert's the Founder and Portfolio Manager for the Glenmore Australian Equities Fund. Um, Rob, thanks for joining me. Thanks, Tony. Uh, Robert, the fund started in June 2017 and it's outperformed the ASX 200 Total Return Index by over 15% since that, uh, that point. Uh, what are some of the key attributes of your process and philosophy that have generated the, the outperformance that you've seen since inception? Yeah, sure. Look, I mean, the first the first thing really is we wouldn't identify quality companies. Uh, and from the starting point of the entire ASX, which is our mandate, we can invest in small, mid-cap, large-cap stocks. Uh, we're really looking to distill the overall investable universe down into you know, what we consider to be investable propositions. So that first initial you know, screening process cuts the, the universe down quite significantly. And from then, we really drill down and do research into those shortlisted companies to see what uh, what really stacks up in terms of investment quality and also valuation. So, um, but really a key factor has been on quality companies. So, a few things that we look for in terms of how we define a quality company uh, typically has product or service that um, has a really strong value proposition to, to its customer base. Uh, typically, any great investment. At the heart of it, it's delivering a really valuable service to its customer base. So, so that's one thing we look for, and you, and you generally get that from a lot of research and talking to the company and reading the annual reports and finding out as much as you can about what they do, how the customers value them. Um, also, we're looking for established businesses. So, I'm not, we're not really focused on businesses that have only been around for one, two, or three years. We're looking for businesses that have been around for hopefully, you know, 10, 20, 30 years. So, um, firstly, that just reduces your investment risk um, with the company being more established. Also, it allows you to go back and see how it's performed over different periods of economic cycles. So, and that, that can give you a lot of clues on how the business uh, operates. Um, in terms of management, really looking uh, ideally for management board to own a reasonably significant amount of the company. Um, as, as everyone knows, aligned management teams to better than ones that don't have so much skin in the game. And we're also just looking for, and this comes back to established businesses, looking for management boards that have treated their, um, their shareholders fairly and in equity. Um, the other thing I guess I'd say, say in terms of the performance just is that the fund's been a, a really critical thing to identify small and mid-cap stocks early on, you know, early in the growth phase before They've been discovered by the, the wider uh, stock market investing. So um, we're really looking to find these growth companies early on before uh, you know valuation has been reflected in stock prices. Rob, small and mid cap stocks, uh, as you've just mentioned, on average have actually outperformed their larger end of the market over the past twelve months. In, in fact, uh, over the last twenty four and thirty six months, they've they've performed very very strongly. Um, what's been the major driver? behind this, do you think? And do you see it continuing into 2022 or is there a chance that we might see uh, the big end of town come good? Yeah, look, I think um, firstly we've got to keep in mind that Feb-March period of 2020 saw that small mid-cap part of the market absolutely smashed. And I mean, in a lot of instances, we saw you know quite good businesses down 40, 50, 60% over a period of four to six weeks. And I think whilst, you know, not... Uh, underestimating the impact of COVID. Um, I think that was too much given that these businesses are still going to be around. 
uh, there was a lot of uncertainty. But I think uh, that's more than a part of the market, uh, you know, started, came out of that April recovery phase uh, at very cheap valuation. So I think there was an element of their stock prices have been oversold. Um, I think also, like, as in what happened in 2008, 2009, the GFC, that after that initial sell-off over Feb March, um, investor sentiment changed quite quickly from fear and worrying about capital loss to, uh, okay, let, let's see, let's sit through the wreckage and see what opportunities were out there. Um, and, and coming out of COVID, the big opportunities were, uh, to, to in a large way, were in that small part of the market. So, um, yeah, so I think, and, and then as we, as we moved through 2020, we saw the likelihood of the world coming up with the vaccine uh, start to improve, become more likely, and that really, I guess, further solidified you know, that chase for alpha, I guess, um, which is what we saw really through 2020 and also uh, 2021. Mm. Um, so October um, just gone saw um, a reasonable rise, in, or more than a reasonable rise in bond yields with the 10-year up uh, just, just short of 60 points. Um, what effect do you think this will have on equity markets moving into 22? Uh, and is this potentially a handbrake to some of the happiness that we've seen? Yeah, look, I think um, it's definitely a headwind. Um, obviously, equity markets love falling rates. Um, I think it's a headwind. Is it a showstopper to stop someone from investing in equities or to... to, to I, I don't think it's that negative. Um, I think it's important for investors to keep in mind that the reason rates are rising is because we're seeing strong and recovering economic growth. Um, and, and I think it's also important to keep in mind that they're rising from a very low level, um, which really is an unsustainably low level. But look, I think, I think it's a headwind. I think for, for some parts of the market that have benefited from the increase in risk, lesser risk appetite and falling rates, such as the earlier stage tech companies with no earnings, I think, um, you know, perhaps that pressures their valuations a bit over the next 12 to 18 months. I think some of the more interest rate sensitive stocks, um, you know, they'll, they'll probably see some headwinds over the next 12 months. So I think, I think, you know, there's certain parts of the market that will be pressured, but I don't see it uh, overall as a reason not to continue to invest in, in equities. And I think it's, it's important just to keep in mind that you know, the main driver of stock, stock returns is really that earnings growth and uh, and I think the general economic backdrop currently is still absolutely healthy enough for great businesses to grow earnings over a, you know, a three to five year period. And that's, that's really where you get your returns from the stock market. So look, overall, I think it's, it's something to monitor, but, but um, I don't think it's so significant. What do you think about valuations at the moment? Um, are we starting to see it top out or is there still value to be found? Yeah, look, I think, um, on an aggregate basis, yeah, I think valuations are reasonably full. Um, keeping in mind that I'm really focused on the companies in my portfolio, uh, I still think there's absolutely some stocks that uh, are quite reasonably priced given their, their earnings growth that I'm forecasting over the next few years. So, um, look, I think mean, it's, it's, it's not as cheap as it was you know, 12 months ago, um, but I think, you know, I want to just absolutely... Stocks out there that I think offers. 
Rob, thanks very much for your time this afternoon uh, and good luck in 2022. Thanks, Simon. Good to be here.